Welcome back for week 11 of the College Football Challenge. This week, no one beat the host, but if you would like to join the Beat the Host Challenge, you can find our link on the Facebook and Twitter page. What's going on? Are we going to talk about the football action? Yeah. Are we talking about something else? Yeah, we're going to talk some football. Because it looks like I did pretty damn well on accident. (laughs) Well, we all had the same picks, except Jason picked one game different. And lost it. Yep, lost it. I went with... uh, I did. You went with Baylor instead of Kansas State. Yeah, I went with Baylor at home on a whim, and they fucking let me down again. And I ain't gonna. I almost picked Ole Miss, and I'm glad I didn't. But it, there for a minute, I was like, "Shit, Ole Miss is gonna win this damn game." And I, I thought you were banned from picking anything from Mississippi. No, I was supposed to pick anything from Mississippi. I'm not allowed to pick Tennessee. Oh, I'm sorry, I got it wrong. But uh, Tennessee did well. Obviously, they were pissed. I was in Athens for the game, and. Uh, I mean, they were playing in Mississippi, but I was in Athens Saturday for Josie's play and fucking completely forgot about football. I was, wasn't even on my mind until Heather's sister said something about it because she went to Mississippi State and she was like, looks like we're going to fucking lose today. I'm like, what are you talking about? She's like, you guys are playing us. I was like, oh shit, that's right. I was like, it's the Bulldogs against the Bulldogs. They were in Mississippi though, I think. Yeah, they were in Mississippi, yeah. You made a comment about Alabama. Yes, I did. Did you see my note? Where at? In admin. So Roll it, my friend. For the audience, uh, the note I'm talking about is there's been a lot of talk about Saban and Bama slipping. Right. And that the, and that the dynasty is over. So oh, I don't think that, but yeah, yeah, you're absolutely correct. And it, and a lot of, you know, that's the easy thing to say for color commentators, ESPN analysts, Fox analysts, and all that stuff. That's the, they all get on the same bandwagon and, you know, they start pushing, pushing their narrative, whatever it is. It's the same thing across all mainstream media. So if you go back and look, I mean, this is just going back since the playoffs started. Uh, Bama has only not played in one national championship game since the big, or two, sorry, two national championship games. Going back to 2014 when the playoffs started. And Bama has only not had the number one recruiting class one, two, three times. Dating back to 2012. And the reason I went back to 2012 is typically uh, a recruiting class takes two, at least two, two years. And real quick, what does that mean? The recruit, their number one in recruiting class. What does that mean? So you have different services. Um, you got two, four, seven sports, you got on three sports, you got rivals and you got a ESPN. Those are the four major ones. And what most people use is the two, four, seven composite, which takes the average of all four services and compiles that into one rank ranking. So they use the player rankings for all four services, compile it into one, um, what they call the composite rankings. So so, you're talking about the recruiting their recruiting was number one so not the most money spent they just got the best players is that what you mean yeah okay yeah i mean they probably spent the most money too but But uh, this is this is based on players not money spent right okay yeah this is strictly strictly based on talent 
uh, brought in from the high school level. Okay. Continue, sir. So, like I said, the reason I went back to 2012 is because it usually takes at least two cycles for for a class to mature and to have experience and all that good stuff. So, Pama is right there with UGA. I mean, they're one and two, one and two, one and three, one and four. Bama, the 2018 recruiting class probably threw them off a bit. They fell to number five. <laughs> Must be tough. Yeah, right. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, so there's that. I mean, I, I don't. Yeah, I think I think they're young. I don't know what kind of transfers out they had with the new transfer rules and how you can just transfer one time or however many times you want or whatever the rule is with no penalty. Um, previously, Smitty, uh, you had to sit out a year if you transferred schools. Okay. So, does it does it happen that often, really? Though, um, so there was a couple uh, big high profile transfers that kind of went uh, sideways in recent years. Um, that kind of caused the NCAA to go for this uh, rule where they allow a one time transfer with no penalty. Um, like Bo, and, Bo Nix just left Auburn last year, and he's at Oregon this year. Is that correct? Yeah. And he doesn't yeah. have to sit out? No, but I think, if I'm not mistaken, Bo would have been a graduate transfer anyways because um, he's been he's been there four years, so technically he graduated from Auburn. If he hadn't graduated, then something's wrong. Well, that Most, would really screw a player in college to lose a whole year playing if he transferred when the whole reason he transferred was to play at the next school, right? Yeah, so that's that's always been the argument, you know. And then you know the other argument is coaches go where they want when they want, and you know it doesn't do anything but hurt the players. So uh, they made that rule uh, went into effect last year, I believe. And uh, so I don't know what kind of transfers Bama had going out. Uh, I'm fairly certain they're a pretty young team outside outside of a few players, like their quarterback. But I don't think they're going anywhere. I think I think they'll be fine. I don't think they're going anywhere either. I think everybody's entitled to a, I mean, everybody's going to have a bad year every now and again. I mean, they've been dominant for a decade. I mean, it's not, yeah, it's hard to say they have one bad year and all of a sudden they're going to, well, the last two years they've been struggling a little bit, but not every class is perfect. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, and two, the SEC East has been pretty bad since Florida and Urban Meyer parted ways in 2010. And then Kirby kind of turned that around 2017 and just, you know, recent years. So, and then you got Mark Stoops at Kentucky, who's been fairly decent. And then now Josh Heupel at Tennessee. So a couple of the programs are turning around and it, I think it's starting to show on the field. So Bama's got a little bit stiffer competition than they've had in the past. Well. So, I was talking about this with uh, some other folks the other day, but why do you think the SEC is the football powerhouse that it is? Why is it always the SEC? Just because it's historically been that way, so all the good college or high school players want to go to an SEC school, or is it regional? Is it because they're all Southern boys? Is it because, what do you think the reason is the SEC is so dominant? Well, they recruit the best, one. Yeah. Um, why? Why would they? How, why doesn't another? Like, why wouldn't California have a better? Well, they, got well, they used to. They used to. The, the so UCLA and, ten used to be the big draw, and now it moved more to the East Coast with the population. 
Yeah. So California is still a huge football state. California, Texas, and Florida are the top three with Georgia coming in a close fourth or fifth. Yep. Um, there's a lot of states that do not have just really very good recruiting grounds. Like they just don't have the athletes. Okay. Um, and some of that has to do with other sports and, and it is kind of regional too. Where in the South you can play football year round in California, you can play football year round. I mean, the weather is not yeah. that crazy. Understood. Um, and other schools are like more like Kentucky's always been historically a basketball school and like Indiana, Kentucky. Well, let me those, make yeah. this point. Duke is sitting third best team in the ACC this year. Yeah, and they're historically a basketball Whoever school too. Made that bet. Yeah, made some bank. But on that note, Notre Dame single-handedly has put the ACC out of the any championship conversation by themselves. They oh, beat really? Clemson, and they beat the Tar Heels. That's the top two teams in the ACC. I don't see the ACC being in the conversation thanks to seven and three Notre Dame. Yeah, I don't and think they, so either. Yeah, um, they they beat Navy too. Damn it! There are some. I mean, there are big time high school football players that come out of the Northeast as well, and some in the Midwest. Um, and the majority of your talent. I mean, there's a reason why Ohio State has to come to Florida to find athletes, and you know, right? Michigan's got to come down here. You know, everybody's got to come down here to get. And there's a plethora of them. It's not like there, there's not enough for you know everybody when it comes to athletes in the in the southern states. I mean, well, the it population, also what is the population in Florida? Twenty something million. Well, that's million? What, that's what I was going to bring up. Me and Jason were just talking about. It's like seventy percent of the population of the United States lives east of the one hundredth para or one hundredth uh, meridian mm-hmm. line. So. Pretty much from the 100th meridian, you know, taking out all those Kansas, Nebraska, all those freaking states, all those Midwest states, the population is small. There's not a lot of people that live there, period. And then you get once you get west of the mountains, then you have California, Oregon, Washington. Those are populated. Those are coastal states. So there's a hell of a lot more population there. But pretty much everything west, there's just not a whole lot of people that live there. So it's just natural that, I mean, when you have 75% of your population lives over here, well, that's where all the kids are coming from then, but the colleges could still recruit and be well, they just have to recruit out of those. They're not, they don't have as big a local population to pull from. It's just like when you're talking about five, a six, a one, a high schools. Yeah. One, a high school sucks because they only have three people that can actually run a ball or whatever. Cause they don't have anybody in this County. <laughs> Right. There's that argument. And to like a lot of the camps, a lot of the camps they have during the summer are down here in the South. Yeah. So all the, all those kids come down here for those football camps, big time recruits and stuff. So it's just a, it's a, it's a great place for football climate wise year round. And I guess it would be appealing from a kid from the, for a kid from the Midwest who's lived in four feet of snow his whole fucking life to be able to get the opportunity to go to college somewhere in the South where he doesn't have to worry about that crap for a minute. You know what I mean? Yeah. 
The other, yeah. the other part of it is the uh, TV deals. The TV deals give these schools astronomical money, and when you have the best TV deals, you get the most money. When you get the most money, you can invest the most money. And so there's, there's a, the SEC among other schools. I'm not saying you know Ohio State spends a crap ton of money on athletics. Uh, Michigan, the big time schools that can do it, do it. But in the SEC, everybody has the money. Right. So they spend the money. They invest it. Florida just opened an eighty million dollar football only facility. Uh, University of Florida. Yeah. Eighty million. Eighty eighty million. And and you know a lot of this stuff is cookie cutter because it's the same contractor, same design artists, and everything that are, are architects. Excuse me. Just rinse and repeat. Yeah. Yeah. So, but I mean, you're talking about a huge facility directly connected to the indoor practice facility. I mean, what I mean, they, Florida for the longest time was one of those schools that would not invest the extra money in the athletic program. I mean, we I, just got, just got an indoor facility five years ago, I think. That's big, because I mean, especially in Florida. Yeah, it's fucking hot, man. Have an indoor fucking air conditioned facility. Hurricanes. <laughs> Everything. <laughs> All reasons, because it rains every fucking day in Florida for the most part, especially. During the spring and summer months. The other thing I don't understand is like, how is Florida State not in the SEC? How come they're not? Why are they? I tell you who's regretting their exit right now. Exit. From the SEC years and years ago. Who's it? Tulane. Oh, yeah? Really? I did not know that. Yeah, 70s or 80s. It's, It's a while. Oh, that's. Or maybe it was the 90s. No, it it couldn't have been the 90s. It had to have been before that. Back when the, I think they, I forget what conference they joined. Maybe the big, when it was the big eight before the big 12 or something like that. I don't know. Conferences have changed so much right. over the years. Anyways, we can get into this week's games a little bit. LSU and Arkansas played the early game. It was a slugfest on defense the entire game. Uh, 13-10 LSU. Yeah, that was an awfully tight game for an 8-2, and two, or actually at the time, 7-2 and two, to a 5-4 and four team. Yeah, I that, mean, was pretty, that was pretty tight. Credit Arkansas's defense, but man, LSU laid a stinker. I mean, Jaden Daniels' stat line, 8-15 of 15 for 86 yards and a 9.7 QBR. Yeah, that's, that's not fantastic, is it? Scale of 100. Ouch. 100 being perfect. Yeah, that hurts a little bit, I guess. That's failing. <laughs> <laughs> Why did it's like you almost didn't even play? You were right. zero, you were a zero factor in the game. Surprise, they won. Um, a name to watch out for, uh, Harold Perkins Jr. Uh, eight tackles, four sacks, two forced fumbles. Who he, he played for, uh, Arkansas LSU, LSU. uh, oh, okay. true freshman. True freshman, number one linebacker coming out of high school last year. Oh, yeah, that's the high headline right here. LSU's Harold Perkins dominates Arkansas offense. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He's he's the reason they won the Alabama game. Really? Not not Jaden Daniels, not the LSU offense. That guy is he is going to he's be an special. All-American, and he's going to be a first-round draft pick. Is he coming out this year? No, he's a true freshman. True freshman. 
He's a true freshman. True freshman and straight up animal. Get her done. Yeah, yeah he's a. That's a, probably a pretty good. Let me see. And Arkansas did absolutely nothing of note the entire game. Their starting quarterback KJ Jefferson is out. We got LSU as the West champion. With yeah, LSU wins loss. the West. We got Georgia winning the East. So the SEC championship is set. 2019 rematch. Is it? UGA looking for some get back. Oh, it's going to be a lot of it too. Yeah, I can see. Uh, it just depends on which LSU team shows up. All right. So, Purdue, Purdue Illinois. Purdue, Illinois. Purdue, Illinois let me down. Uh, let us all down. Purdue showed up to play, I guess. Tell you what, your boy Gus has turned around UCF. Because I think everyone, including the bookies, expected at least the spread to get covered by Tulane. Yeah. They got a really good quarterback down there, John Reese Plumley, transfer from Ole Miss. Yeah, I expected Tulane to win. But yeah, Gus is Gus is I think this type of school suits him. He did really well when he was at Arkansas State. That's how he got the Auburn job. Iowa State loses to Oklahoma State. I think pretty much everybody in the world picked Oklahoma State to win that game. And they really didn't do I didn't watch this game, so not really sure what happened. Stat wise, Iowa State looks like the looks like the better team to an extent, but uh there were some turnovers. So Iowa State lost two turnovers there. Um Iowa State's not a very good team overall. Uh, so there you go. Ole, Alabama Ole Miss. This was uh I thought Ole Miss was gonna run away with this game for a second. It it, it looked, looked that like way it was in getting the beginning. out of control. Yeah, it was like 17, I want to say 17-7 uh, through the second quarter. And then I blinked, and it was 17-17. I, I almost think Lane Kiffin choked a little bit on this. I think he had the advantage, wasted the clock a little bit, and I really didn't like to play Colin in the latter part of the third and the fourth quarter. They normally call a more aggressive game, and then they just kind of – like what? What were you thinking? It just yeah, didn't seem. It didn't seem like he was clicking it like he normally does. Yeah, I'm not sure what that is. I don't know if that's the players or the coaches, or which one doesn't have the killer instinct. I'd say that about all. Uh, there's a few other coaches in the SEC we could say that about. Um, Kirby's kind of conservative, and it gets him in trouble sometimes. Agreed. I don't like some of that late fourth quarter. That's just this. Just ball ride it out. Yeah. In you need a couple of first downs. Get the first downs and pound the rock. I think I think what you got to do sometimes is kind of what Tennessee did to Missouri this past weekend. Just step on their neck. Keep your foot on the gas. Yeah, if you got the opportunity to do it, they didn't do it. Uh, credit Alabama hanging in there, coming back. Uh, Ole Miss had a chance to win this game late. Uh, they were driving, and uh, Alabama broke up a pass in the end zone, saving. Saving the uh, saving the game there. Uh, refs might have missed a possible pass interference on the last play. Moving so, on. talk about Alabama, <laughs> Bryce Young, for a moment. What's sure, your opinion ahead. of him going in the top five in the draft? Because he's like 5'11", six foot, 190 pounds, kind of Doug Flutie-ish. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think he uh I think he'd be a good quarterback on the next level. For who? For who? That's what I'm wondering where he's gonna go. Who would take him? Who would oh. you like to see him go to? Off the top of my head. Falcons. Need oh, yeah. a QB. Falcons need a QB. Uh Green Bay's gonna need a QB. Um Aaron Rodgers is Gonna go sent out to pasture after this season. Good lord, him and Peyton May or not Pay uh him and Tom Brady both need to go sit the fuck down. <laughs> Aaron, Just, Aaron Rodgers isn't that old. He's older than most of them. <laughs> I mean, compared to Brady, I think he's five years younger than Brady, five or six years younger. So but shit, once you get 40. over thirty-five years old, you'd think you'd be over the whole being a tackling dummy thing. Because as a quarterback, I mean you're just getting drilled. You're I mean, game. you're a punch yeah, bucket, but, yeah. Yeah, that's true. Um, back to Bryce Young, I think I, th- I think he's a good QB. I think the times that you've seen him struggle is, is some of it is his coordinator, and some of it I don't really think it's him. Do they have a new coordinator this year? Uh, Do you know offhand? I want to say I want to say no, but it, it their coordinator, their offensive coordinator is Bill O'Brien, former Texans head coach, former Penn State head coach. Oh, okay. <laughs> Um, so it's a guy who's, he, he didn't get fired from Penn State. He left for the Texans job. He did get fired from the Texans. I don't know where he went after that or if he went straight to Alabama or not. Um, Alabama keeps an impressive, uh, uh, reserve of analysts who are former head coaches. So he may have already been there and just got promoted. Once yeah. Well, you know, Kirby is taking on that tradition too. Yes, a- I mean it's it's how you create your legacy and your coaching tree and you know how you're judged just by the the coordinators and stuff that go on after they leave you. Um, I don't know about top five. I'm not really sure how I feel about the order of any of the QBs right now. I think Hinton Hooker's good. I think I think somebody's going to take a chance on Stetson Bennett. I can't imagine being the quarterback for the number one team in the country for a couple of years. He wouldn't go drive. You know what I mean? I feel like somebody's going to, yeah, somebody's going to want to see something, I would think. Yeah. I wouldn't surprise me to see him coaching, quarterback coach or something like that down the road. Well, the way his teammates talk about him, because I have seen a lot about it. Well, we follow a lot of, obviously, I follow a lot of UGA stuff just because, just because. But the way his team talks about him, they love him to death. He's the he's the leader. They talk about him as the the main proponent of everything that's gone right for that ball club since he's been there. Kind of, you know what I mean? Yeah. The way they hype him up, whether it's true or not, that's how they talk about him. So he's obviously got something going for him. If his his teammates all are, you know what I mean? I haven't heard any of them say anything bad about him. I think. Uh... One thing that I noticed Bryce Young does is he uh, he holds on to the ball a lot. Too long, you mean? Is that what yeah. you're saying? Yeah, he holds on to the ball too long a lot and causes plays to break down. He takes sacks that he doesn't need to take. What do you have, three this game? You got sacked three times? Yeah. Is that or something more uncharacteristic now? Do they not have the... No, I think some of it has to do with his offensive line because I mean you can go back to last year's national championship game and 
He, I mean, again, that was a historic defense he was playing against, but he was running for his life half the game. Yeah. And, and he doesn't have, if you remember last year, he didn't have his start wide receivers. He didn't have any of them. Right. Um, and all the wide receivers he's breaking in this year, no matter how good or highly ranked they are, they're all very young. So they're not getting separation. Then, then he's got to improvise and, at, uh UCF pulls it off, 38-31, uh, Tulane with a late surge, um, but just wasn't enough. Uh, John Reese Plumley, uh, 17 of 30, 132 yards, uh, one TD. Uh, That's 100 UCF. yards shy of Tulane quarterback. Yeah, so uh, UCF, um, Gus Melzahn runs the uh, a, a spread spread run uh, kind of like a, it's based off the veer. Yeah, they um, ran for 336 yards. Yeah, so they they, they pride themselves off on the run. So, uh, triple option game there. Uh, Tulane seems to throw the ball. So they they ran pretty well too. Uh, like I said, they made a late surge, scoring outscoring UCF in the last two quarters, 17-14, But they were already too far down there. You, uh, Tulane fumbled three times, lost two of those. Yeah, because I'll say this <laughs> on a on a, a little bit off topic on another game, Florida and South Carolina last night. At the beginning of the second half, South Carolina turned the ball over on three straight plays. Damn. All right, then we got Wisconsin, yeah. Iowa. Iowa came to play, I guess. Iowa fucking. This was kind of a 50-50 game, but. That's See, that seems to be one of the biggest deciding factors. Always is. Yeah, you win the turnover battle nine times out of ten, you win the game. But Wisconsin, they were. Lost the turnover battle badly. Yeah, that's a big, that's big. Kansas State beats the shit out of Baylor. 31 to 3. And I, I was disappointed by that Baylor on that one. Yeah, Dominated. I, <laughs> I think that was uh, <laughs> at home, too. I mean, come on, Baylor. Help me out a little bit. Hey, Blake Shapin, I'm, I think this might have been his first game back from injury. I, I'm not 100% sure on that. Uh, 22 of 38, 200 yards, uh, and two I, no TDs and two uh, interceptions. Uh, QBR of 30. Um, that explained it all. Yeah, I mean, once again, they lost the turnover battle there. It seems to be the, uh, the tail of the tape. Uh, TCU-Texas, this was not a Big 12 game at all. Uh, they played defense. Surprising. Max Dugan goes 19-29, 124. And a 32.6 QBR. Quinn Ewers for Texas was equally bad. 17 of 39, 171, one INT. Did they have and, snow uh, prior to the game when they scraped the field? I think so, yeah. That morning they were, I think, they were either scraping. there or Oklahoma, one of the. I thought TCU uh, was going to lose this game for a minute. Um, not that they were, they weren't ever behind, but they just kept letting Texas hang around. But this is a. Uh, 
for teams that end up, you know, most playoff teams have a game like this. Uh, Georgia earlier this year in a slugfest with Missouri, which was a terrible game for Georgia, but they pulled it out. I think this is kind of that type of game for TCU. Right. This is their eye opener, per se. Yeah. North Carolina, Wake Forest. North Carolina. That was a tight one. Yeah, squeaks by with a, a field goal in the fourth quarter to win it. Drake May, decent, uh, 31-49, 448 yards. 9.1. Decent QB rating, yeah. Yeah, 83.3 QBR. Uh, Sam Hartman didn't play a bad game. Uh, one INT, four TDs, uh, did about everything you could do outside of that one interception his team in the game just need the defense to show up there so i guess the interception is what really affects that qbr bad because I mean, yeah. stats up into that point weren't horrible yeah turnovers definitely affect it and then i think tds obviously have a positive effect if you don't do either then your qbr is going to be pretty low either way right. you'll, you'll be below average the new question is after in week 11 who is the top four? So we have Georgia. I think that's undisputable. In my opinion, I think Michigan will be the representative from the Big 12. Is that correct? Big 12? No, uh, Big 10. So Michigan will be the representative from the Big 10. I think TCU will, they can hang on. They'll be the third into the playoff pick. And since Notre Dame is single-handedly knocked out the ACC by themselves, who, the fourth? Uh, you mean talking about overall? Yep. Playoff pitcher. Where are we going to end up? Who's number four? So right now, let me see. Is Michigan so and right. Ohio State play heads up? I think Michigan's going to win that game. It's in Ohio State with a one loss. So that leaves some one loss teams and some question mark on some two loss teams. Are we going to see two representatives from the Big Ten? and leave out UCLA, potentially? Well, let's assume that Georgia beats LSU in the SEC title game. Right. Let's let's first assume that they both win the rest of their games, Um, and then that Georgia beats LSU. So that pretty much knocks them out. Tennessee's sitting there at 9-1. I'm assuming. um, Let's assume that whoever wins the Ohio State-Michigan game uh, wins the uh, Big Ten as well. Yep. Uh, TCU probably wins out. Yep. So, so then you're sitting there with either Michigan or Ohio State at eleven and one, Tennessee at eleven and one, and USC the possibly only, at eleven and one. The only other thing that we could throw in the mix is a Pac-12 USC if they beat UCLA. I think they'd have to win out and win the Pac-12. Yeah, because they're already 9-1, so they got to win out to get in, in my opinion. I think you could be right. I think if they, they win out, win the Pac-12, they'd probably get in. Just just my guess. I mean, it's, it's a soft schedule. As much grief as the uh, committee has gotten bringing in two SEC teams on a couple occasions, they did lose to Utah. It was a close one, though. So leaving out the fact that they're not in the top 10 or anything like that. You're seventh right now. The Huskies moved up nine spots 
in the Washington, rankings. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that defeat be- over Oregon was uh really helped them out because that moved them up to Pac twelve pretty pretty far. They looked like they were the biggest movers for the I think Oregon week. had a real chance if they had won the division for the league, excuse me. Yeah. Oregon had a shot, but I think I don't know. I mean, I know it was the first game of the season. You same could be said about LSU losing to Florida State, but man, LSU lost a close game to Florida State. Oregon got dominated and run out of the building. <laughs> it's a little different. Tennessee, same thing. I mean, Georgia took their their foot off the gas pedal in the second half against Tennessee. Yeah, that game that game was never in question. They dominated that game from start to finish. I tell you what, that kid Jason McConkey, pissed. Jason was pissed. That kid McConkey is yeah, legit. He's, yeah, he's a little badass. That's a legit kid, and he was a walk on, I believe. That yeah, I think so. He's got a little little Wes Welker, Julian Edelman in him. Yes, sir. Yeah, yeah he he's a definitely a favorite target of Bennett. Yeah. He's definitely a favorite target. Well, for a few weeks, he was the only target that, that, okay. was, that was available. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think last year, too, when George Pickens went down, Arian Smith went down, and I think, uh, what's the other, uh, Jack's, Jack Saint, uh, I think that's his, his last name. Um, he's one of the wide receivers, but he was hurt. Yeah. Uh, last year too. So, yeah, McConkey was like it for a minute. Yeah, he was the workhorse. Yeah, it was him and the tight ends, and that was it. But I tell you what, that tight end Washington, I just feel bad for a safety coming up trying to tackle that man. You're gonna, yeah, you're gonna die. Oh, is that right? Yeah, look at the, a big boy. They they say he's six seven two seventy. I'm saying three twenty. Yeah. That's a pretty pretty big boy. He's a grown. Our, uh, he is a grown ass man for a tight end. Watch a replay. Darnell, yeah, Darnell Washington. He's yeah. He's six. He's like six seven and a half. Two seventy on the sheet. Two seventy. You're saying two seventy on the sheet. Out of Las Vegas, the kid ought to be playing offensive tackle. <laughs> he's, he, I mean, he's he's athletic. Yes, he's he very is. athletic. But all the tight ends are pretty good size. No, that's a giant for a tight end. But he's he's the biggest, obviously, but all of them are over six foot two twenty. Oh, oh yeah. In today's those world, are all big boys. I think your average tight end is like six five. And he can move for a big man too. That he I can. Wouldn't get, I wouldn't want to get hit by him. That. Right up out of the way you have at it, sir. I'll throw my leg out there and try and chip trip him. <laughs> it's about it, huh? Yeah. Where the hell's little uh where's he at? There he is. Little McConkey there. Yeah, see if you can find a picture of McConkey standing next to Washington. Six foot, 185 pounds. They stretched that tape measure. You think so? He's wearing his cleats on the pavement when they took that measurement. <laughs> you should have seen uh, Florida's uh, nose tackle that's 440 pounds strip the ball away from the running back last night and try and run with the ball. <laughs> How'd that look? Heck? I was happy for the guy, but he 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 smushed Spencer Radler in the face. He stiff armed him. He got about five yards before he fell over. Four forty. Yeah, he's four hundred and forty pounds. Saratoga would be proud. Four hundred and forty fucking. Passes. Remember him with the Ravens? He always referred that. to his uh weight by the last two digits, not the first one, because he presumed everyone knew it started with a four. 
Yeah. Is that is that guy? Is he still around? Oh, he he played in a while. I don't know. No, I mean not. I mean, if he's alive, alive, yeah. Y'all see the video? Yeah. Twenty-one. Good lord. <laughs> That's probably the funniest thing I've seen all year. Hell of a was play, that a bro. fumble or was that a ground? Yeah, he ground cause. Oh uh, yeah, the ground caused that one. He falls on his back and can't hold on to the ball. <laughs> but he just snatched that dude. It's like, give me that. Give me that ball. Give me that ball. See you later. I'm out of here. 440 yeah, pounds. I'm gonna try and run. And who is that? The quarterback that got him? <laughs> that was almost as bad as that. I think the second interception that uh, Bennett had. That was a good play on the defensive end. Well, he might have been playing nose tackle. He's locked up with the center. Got one arm up, blocked it, scooped it in, bounced it off the center, and intercepted the ball while being pass blocked. Reminds me of, uh, you remember uh, Cody? They used to call him Mount Cody back on the Alabama, like, 08, 09 teams. No, I don't, I don't recall it. Big old nose tackle. He played for the Ravens, too. I'm not sure how many years he played in the league, but he was big, too. He was a big part of that national championship team. I, you know what I saw this weekend that I hadn't, I don't think I've hardly ever seen. On three different games, three separate occasions, I saw delay a game on the defense. Really? You know, yeah. that's what I was complaining about a few episodes ago. If you're on offense and you substitute and you're waiting on the defense to substitute, I, I, I understand the rule. I'm not against that. But you shouldn't have to take a penalty or a timeout before the clock runs out. They need to they need to adjust that rule. Well, I think they have. I think, I it's think that's why they're I think that's why they're calling it. I don't understand. Well, if so, go ahead. If the clock is if the game clock, not the not the the clock the clock the play clock. So the forty second clock, right? Is running right your shot clock, whatever you want to call it. I got you. All right, so. They instituted a rule where if the offense substitutes, then the defense gets an opportunity to substitute because all regardless of the play clock doesn't matter. Well, the clock's still running. It's only all right. So if the if the offense substitutes twenty five seconds into the play clock, the defense can defense has fifteen seconds to fucking adjust. That's the vague area because you've the referee or the back judge stands over the center to prevent him from snapping the ball until the defense comes in. So the but it's still if the clock gets to if zero, it, if then the clock runs out, it's an offensive penalty delay a game. So the defense should do that on purpose then. But every now and then <laughs> you get this defensive de- delay a game, and it's not very clear when you call it or when you don't call it, right? What is the exciting factor? Well, okay, so there was a couple different calls. I think one of them was a substitution, but one of them was also the defensive lineman clapping. They called delay a game on him. Yeah. Clapping? What does that mean? You mean talking about physically clapping, or what does that mean? He he was trying to get somebody's attention, so he was was clapping at them. But what it is, is most of your your, uh, offensive now use a – Instead of clap. a cadence, they go by the clap. On, yeah. And it's a count on the clap. Instead of a second hike. Yeah. Yeah. Instead of, instead of hut hut, you get, you get a clap. Gotcha. 
so the defense will clap on purpose to try and get the guy to snap the ball. Well, I don't think they want to jump off sides. Yeah, but I don't think that's what this guy was doing. He was actually, you could tell he was trying to get somebody's attention. And uh, like his, uh, like one of his linebackers, something was going on in the play. So how is that a delay of game on the defense? I mean, can't the offense just snap the ball anyway? I think the way the rule played, if the referee calls it, it stops the play and it's a defensive penalty pre-snap. What is it? Five yards? And then they, yeah, I, I don't think I don't delay a game. It. I don't think delay a game is the is the correct penalty for for that to fall under. I yeah, I don't even understand that. Should be a snap infraction or something like that. Yeah, it's like the uh, delay a game in general. I think they they delay the game more by calling the damn penalty. They they should handle it some other way. Yeah, I mean, let the play go. If it's a negative, it's a loss of down. I mean, then oh. if, you know, if it's a positive, bring it back and it's a loss of down. Yeah. And then you just speed up. That's the whole purpose of delay of game. I mean, get the offense off the field, make them kick and get someone else in. Something else I noticed is they've missed a, oh, one, they don't call holding anymore. No, no, holding's a foregone conclusion. And when they do call it, it's like, oh. Really? Yeah. Now you, now you want to call it. But... The other thing I noticed is they missed a lot of face mask penalties over the weekend. I mean, I wasn't sure if when Jackson Dartbout got his head ripped off, if he was going to get the call. I wasn't sure he's going to be able to come back in the game. His head was pointing right. the wrong way like a hootie owl. Yeah, I mean, I'm surprised his neck didn't break. Smitty, did you see that in the old Miss game? No. Yeah. It, I, I'm telling you, it. you know when you have mask, I don't remember where it was. metal bar in your fingers. Let go. I mean, it's just instinct. Just let go. Yeah. I mean, you already snatched his head. Let go. You ain't got to kill him. Yeah. You, you know it when it's in your fingers. Yeah. It's he not- had a hold of this guy's helmet so bad, Smitty. I mean, he was, I mean, he picked him up, pretty much picked him up off the ground and slung him. Yep. <laughs> Damn. Until the helmet. No, that's not the one I saw. The helmet finally came off, saw. thank God. But his head was going 180. I think the one I saw was last week. Maybe it was the one I'm thinking of was last week when uh, I think it was the Georgia-Tennessee game and the guy was grabbing. They were all piling on this guy and pulling him down. And then you see through the the, the one camera angle, you see where the dude had his fingers in the guy's face mask and pulled him down. Yeah. And uh, But the flag, they caught it. And uh, I think it was against Georgia. That was one of those, uh, it was like during the one of those last drives at the end of the game when Tennessee was just kept getting first downs on penalties. Yeah. It, you know, it, incidental face mask is one thing, but when you, believe me, I've had, I've crushed my fingers between face masks on the line. You know when you got your hand on a face mask. Yeah. There's no doubt. You, you know, let go. And for those who are interested in Beat the Host Challenge, you can find the link on our Facebook or Twitter page. Leave some comments. We appreciate it.